Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Max from Amped Fitness in Brielle, New Jersey. What's up, Max? How are you today? I'm doing great, Bree. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. All right. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the backstory there? Um, so I have to say I got very lucky with my situation. Um, I had worked at a, so originally to even go back even further, I wanted to be a physical therapist for like years. That was kind of what I was planning on doing. Even as a trainer, I still had intentions of eventually going to school, graduating and becoming a PT. Um, and then, so I was in school for that. And while I was doing that, um, I decided to pursue uh, personal training on the side because I knew it was kind of like a job that I could do, you know, in between the school hours. Um, so I was a trainer at a gym in Freehold, which is like 30 minutes from my house over here. Um, and it was a circuit style class, like almost like a boot camp style. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. It was like the coach, the co- um, you know, you had the opportunity to make uh, the workout and it was very like, um, you know, laid back. It was a smaller company, but uh, we had a lot of freedom to do as we pleased. Um, and so that kind of allowed me to, you know, learn the ropes a little bit, especially as a new trainer. Um, and then I was, you know, pretty close with the owner. So I would pick his brain about things and Um, You know, at the time, I had no intention of eventually opening my own gym, but it was just I was always a curious person. So then um, once COVID hit, which, you know, obviously was very unfortunate for that gym and a lot of other businesses, um, it kind of leveled the playing field. So everything was kind of closed and we were doing uh, Zoom workouts, which I was not a huge fan of. And I wasn't making a ton of money. It was, uh, you know, there was all these trainers that worked at the gym and we were kind of fighting for zoom workouts and this and that just to make you know 60 bucks a week and it was just it it wasn't cutting it so I went on um I joined a a bunch of Facebook like mom Facebook groups in the area and I just threw it out there with like you know I was like I got nothing to lose so I was like hey uh you know I'm a I'm a trainer in the Jersey Shore area my name is Max blah 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 I'll uh, if anyone's interested in me going to their house to train them outside. We could do a socially distant workout, blah, blah, blah. And at the time I literally just had like cones, like that was my, the only equipment I had. And so I would, uh, and it like blew up. I had all these people reaching out. They're like, Oh, this is a great idea. You know, cause everybody was just home and had nothing to do and it was starting right. to get nice out. So it was like the perfect timing. Um, and so I would just built up like a clientele list. I got everybody's number. I started to, you know, and at the time, I still didn't think I would ever open a gym. I was just like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to like survive the next, you know, couple months. Um, and then it was, you know, that was 2020, uh, like summer of 2020. I got all the way through that. And then it started to get a little cold and I would lose people just to the weather and, you know, whatever else. But at the time I had built up such a list of people that I had, you know, met face to face and had taken some of my classes. So I kind of was building a little bit of a reputation. Um, And then I was like, all right, well, you know, it's like either jump in or jump out. So I was like, I'm just going to, 
rent. Uh, I found this very small space in Manasquan, which is another town over. Um, and it was like a 600 square foot room with like a blue carpet, just very like ugly and um, like pretty much as low as it'll get. Uh, but I, it was a month to month rental. So I knew if things didn't work out, I could just pull everything out. Um, so it took me about a month to build it. I had bought like a, you know, a squat rack and a cable machine and all these, um, you know, it was finally starting to kind of come to fruition. And then we opened, I opened that first gym January 4th of 2021. And then I had it all throughout the year and just kind of kept plugging away at it and, and tried to build it up and it was up and down and people would come and then the summer was busy and then, you know, fall would go down a little bit and just peaks and valleys. And then uh, this past um, April of 2022, I opened a second location. That's the one in Brielle. Um, that's like three times the size. So it's, and you know, that the other gym was on the second floor. It was just not very good. This one's like first floor. We have outside, a parking lot outside. Like I have a sign, like it's like more official. Um, and that's, I opened that in April. Um, now, you know, going into September, I picked up like 60, 70 members just with that initial put, like, you know, going to that new location. So that was like the best move that I ever made. Um, and things have been like so great. I'm super lucky. Everything kind of worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, obviously, there's always bumps in the road, but I'm learning to enjoy those. And that's kind of, you know, part of the process. So mm -hmm. that's where we're at. Damn, good for you. I mean, from going from not even thinking of having your own gym to having two within two years, pretty much, is a pretty crazy ride. So that's yeah. awesome. Now, within the facility that you have, the one in Brielle, how do you structure things? Are you doing um, group classes? Are you doing semi-privates, one-on-ones, open membership? How does that work? How do you structure things? So um, I usually tell people, I'm like, we pretty much do it all. Uh, the, I, I kept the old location uh, just because honestly I was like I do not want to pull all this stuff out of this you know we brought it all all the way upstairs I was like let me just try to keep it and make something out of it so we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one training there um, and then the other location the Brielle the larger one is where we do like the group training um, when I used to do everything in the smaller gym our classes were capped at like nine ten people now we have room for 18 so um, it essentially doubled everything, which was awesome. Um, and then I was able to buy more equipment. Like instead of just having one of everything, now we have two of everything. Um, and then, like I said, we have access to the outside, which when it's nice out, that's, you know, it's a, it's a, pause, a plus. Um, and, but, you know, it's kind of just, you know, depending on what people want, if they want to do a group of two or three or four, some people like, don't mind the big groups. They like the energy. Some people are like, you know, still COVID is still a thing and people want to be in a smaller group. We're just very open to, you know, whatever people want to do. If it's one-on-ones, um, we, you know, we're never turning people away. We just figure out, you know, where to piece them in the puzzle, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how many clients or members are you currently serving? Um, so we have a little, oh, so I kind of treat it as like two separate businesses, like the group training and the personal training. 
the group training, we now have like uh, around 150. Um, and then the personal training is probably another maybe 20. Um, so, you know, we're around the 170 area that people that frequent the gym, whether it's group or personal or whatever. Mm -hmm. And are you satisfied with that number or are you looking to help more people? I mean, I'm always looking to grow. Um, I'm already like, would love to, my, my goal, uh, it's lofty, but I'm hoping to open another one by next summer. Um, I, I, rather than like opening a new one and closing the old one and like building bigger, bigger, I think like that small group of like 14 to 18 people is like the sweet spot number. So I'd rather just have like four or five gyms that are that size as opposed to just keep like building and growing because I feel like once you started to get into like the 30s and 40s per class then you're you know you're taking away that um you know that one-on-one -on -one attention that they're going to get and just the overall quality of the workout starts to kind of go down um so I would say the gym at 150 members right now I may be able to get a little bit closer towards like 200 before it's like full you know um but i don't see it being able to hold more than you know 200 members so then it's just once i hit whatever that number is it's okay we got to either add classes which would probably be the first step and then the next step is where is going to be our next location mm -hmm. yeah and i mean there's multiple ways to grow a business right it doesn't necessarily have to be all on the front end getting new people in the doors Right. You know, we can get more clients. We can get our clients that we already have to pay more by providing them other levels of service Correct. that they can then ascend into for those who want it. You know, there's also um, it, smaller upsells like nutrition, accountability, right. uh, supplementation, retail, things of that nature that increase the lifetime value per client within the business. Right. Um, and then the third way being keeping clients longer. You know, it's much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. So if we can really build the value, get people the results that they're looking for, keep them for long periods of time. I mean, industry average is three to six months for the lifetime of a client, you know, which isn't a long time. No. So if we can keep them longer, then that also helps obviously build on the back end as well. Right. So Lots of different ways to approach that. Um, now, what do you need specifically to happen before you get into that third location? Um, so like you said, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to, you know, initially when I opened the gym, which I, I guess looking back, this is kind of the correct way to do it is it was all about just getting people in free classes, you know, giving away discounts, free stuff, whatever the case may be. It was just, I just needed people to get in there and see that I knew what I was doing and that I can, you know, help them. Um, now it's kind of gotten to the point where the gym has built enough of a reputation that I don't really have to like throw so much free stuff around there. And then, you know, within the last couple months, it's been more so of, okay, there's 150 people here. Like that's a big number. I, there's, like you said, I don't need more people to make more money. I just, so like, for instance, we just started, actually it starts September 6th. We're going to do the, our gym's going to do our first like 12 week challenge. So I partnered mm -hmm. with a nutritionist. Her name is Neff. 
Um, she's an, also another well-known like powerhouse in the community. And so it was just a joint venture. We both had, you know, like-minded individuals. It, the, you know, the collab just made sense. And, you know, we got 15, 20 people that are going to do our challenge that are, you know, we're charging X amount of money. So that's just like, you know, you're making money without having to pay, you know, to advertise and do more. You're just in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, there's ways to make it happen to where the gym can be more profitable without the growth. Um, but as far as what it's going to take to get to the next step, I think it's just, you know, repetition, whatever we did to get to 150 seemed to work. It's just, uh, you know, patience and, and just keep the machine plugging along, you know, pedal to the metal and, and, um, you know, thinking outside of the box, new ways to get people in and, uh, you know, being at events and stuff like that. That's a lot of the stuff that I didn't take advantage of so much last year that I'm trying to capitalize this year. Um, I have more um, coaches working for me, so it allows me to kind of take a stand, you know, work on the business as opposed to in the business. Right. Absolutely. And that's huge as far as reaching the next level of growth, right? It's very hard to work on the business when you're constantly in the business, on the floor, training clients, you know, it's very challenging. And a lot of gym owners really get caught up in that. Um, But going back to what you were saying before, yeah, I mean, the greatest source of revenue within your gym are your existing clients. And that's something that gets overlooked very, very often. You know, it's like people that have purchased something from you in the past are far more likely to purchase something from you again than those who are just coming in off the street. Right. Right. So it's like if you can run internal plays like that, like a 12 week challenge and um, and, you know, charge a a good amount for it. You know, it's like people who people who pay, pay attention. Right. So it's like if somebody is investing financially in something, chances are they're going to get better results than if they were not. You know, it's like if you ran that same 12 week challenge and you did it for free and didn't charge your clients anything and you ran it and you charged to them, you know, you would see the difference in the results Absolutely. from the people who paid, right? Because if you give something away for free, people don't take it as seriously and they don't see it as being of value as yeah. much as something that you do charge for and that you charge high ticket for even, Yes. you know? Yes. Um, so perceived value there is huge when it comes to stuff like that. And a lot of gym owners are afraid to charge for additional services. Yeah. You know, they get in their heads about it and kind of make their own decisions about what people want, what people need and what they're willing to pay for. And that holds them back in the business. Yeah, yeah, I think it's 100% correct. I mean, even like one of the ways that I try to, uh, you know, when I'm pitching to people to sell them on like a membership or something like that is, you know, the gym Brielle is is a fairly wealthy area. So there's people in that in you know, in that area that are just like, oh, 150 bucks a month, no problem, whatever, they'll pay, they you know, they won't show up, it's just whatever. And if I know somebody, you know, is, is looking at this, like, oh, that's, you know, a little bit more pricey, then I'll kind of look at them. And I'll be like, okay, listen, like, I know this is a lot of money, you know, this is not cheap. Because this is a lot of money, you're going to take advantage of this, and you're going to make this work, as opposed to somebody who's oh, $150, that's just no problem. They're going to to them, the value is lesser. To you, this is an investment that you're making that's going to be, you know, you're 
it's a lot of money. So for you, it's, you're going to make it work. You're going to be here every day. You're going to, and that's, what's going to get you the results. So I try to, you know, it's about kind of almost tricking people in a sense into doing what you know is the best move for them. Right. Um, Because otherwise people just look at the value and then they're basing you based off of, well, this person's $20 a month, this person's 30. I'm just going to go with the 20. Well, okay. But are you going to get a better workout for the extra 10 bucks? Maybe. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Right. Like people go where their money goes, right? It's like how many people have memberships that they pay a super low rate for like $10 a month, whatever. They never go right. They never show up to the gym because it's like that $10 a month, like take it or leave it. Does it make a huge difference in the rank account? No. But if it's 150 bucks, if it's $200, they're probably going to notice that, you know, and and they're going to show up. So that's what makes the difference, you know, and then obviously the value is there, you know, and that's something where I think it's hard for gym owners too, because it's like, everybody wants to compete with the neighbor or the next guy or, or whatever, and kind of lowball and, and have a lower price than the next guy. And it, it becomes like a race to zero. You know, right. it's like, if we're going that way, we can only go so far so long. Until yeah. we're at zero. Yeah. Right. If we go the other way, it's limitless. Right? right. And the amount of value, it's like, anytime I ask a gym owner, well, do you think you're worth that do you think that the services that you provide are worth that and they're like well yeah yeah, it's worth way more than that and it's like okay so act like it yeah right like act like it a (laughs) hundred percent yeah i I mean like you said the the it's almost like bad for the business in a sense where you know you we're fighting to be the cheapest but like what we're we're saving people's lives here when you go to a hospital you don't price check a hospital and go, okay, well, this one's cheaper. That one's there. You're, you're in there to, because you need that and they're going to charge you whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to charge you much less than the hospital is going to charge you. Exactly. So you're better off paying us, keeping yourself healthy than ending up there where then you're stuck, you know, you mm-hmm. got nothing. So right. yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> a lot of sales is mind games. You know, mm-hmm. you got to kind of, John Smith wants to buy things that John Smith likes. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of, you know, pitch it right. that way. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's sales is a, a very large part of it is psychology, you know, and that's what I love so much about the sales aspect of things and the conversations and like just the little tweaks that you can make that make all the difference in the world, you know, when yep. you're having those types of conversations with people. Um and, you know, a lot of times it's really simple things, but it starts with your own mindset, right? And your own beliefs. And so many people have limiting beliefs, especially around money that hold them oh, back from ever yeah. actually making anything significant, you know, and from ever even reaching that next level within the business or helping people at a higher level, right? It's like they get in their own way there. And then that's the thing. It's like the people that aren't paying a lot, aren't taking it seriously, aren't showing right. up, aren't getting the results that they're looking right. for. So it's like, are you really even helping these people? You know, it's like when yeah. you look at the big picture, if you help or if you have a smaller membership base, but you charge more and you get people better results. Yeah. It's a much better business plan. Right. Exactly. Uh, that, well, that's always was my thing was just like, provide the most value to these people as I possibly can. And then 
from there they will you know once you prove your worth the 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 money or the cost is like almost arbitrary it's like right. okay well this person has done x y and z like whatever number you know people are much more likely to just spend whatever if they know you know i mean i know like i'm confident that i have like the best gym in the area i know that my coaches are amazing we do our homework everybody's on the same page or attention to detail um you know we're just like that's just how we move we gotta you know there's an ethics there's a code of ethics as a trainer to um you know that you want to provide to the people and i feel like you have to know that yourself before you can go out and pitch it to somebody else because mm -hmm. people can see right through yes. like your bs if you don't feel like you're the best that person They're on the other side of the table is gonna know yes mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i mean conviction is huge and believing in your product your service whatever it is that you're selling you know it's like sales is a transference of belief Right. So at the end yeah. of the day, really. So if you're super convicted in what it is that you do and you know that you're going to help this person, yep. it's super easy to make sales. Right? right. And everybody's so they don't even like to call it sales. They're like, oh, I'm not a salesperson, you know, and it's like, OK, yeah. well, first of all, you have to make sales because you run a business. Yeah. Sales is Regardless of how you look at it, you know, <laughs> you run a business. You've got to yeah. keep your doors open. If your doors close, you're not helping anybody. But yep. on the other side of it, it's like, well, how much time have you put into learning anything about sales? Sales is mm -hmm. a skill, right? Yep. It's like, just like when you started training, did you go in and get under the bar and start lifting 225? Probably not. No. You know, it's like you had to work, you had to work your way yep. up. To Baby you steps. To learn. Exactly. Yep. Right. And, and people just write it off like, well, I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the hardest things about owning a gym is because at least from my experience, when I went in, I was like, oh, awesome. Like, I'm going to have my own gym. I got my own equipment. I can do whatever I want, blast my music. And I just will, you know, work out. People will love me and they'll come to my gym. And no, like you're the little guy in the big pond and you could be the greatest trainer in the world. But if you don't know how to market yourself and get yourself out there, which is a whole those two things have like nothing to do with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like you see some of these, um, you know, Instagram and these influencers that really like, do they even have any idea what they're doing? Probably not. But they market themselves phenomenally mm -hmm. and they make millions of dollars because yeah. they're great at doing that. Um, and then you got people on the other side where this, you know, this trainer is phenomenal, but he just doesn't know how to get people in his door. Right. So I it's more of, you know, initially, like I was all about, which I think ethically you need to be a good trainer, obviously, but right. the other side of the business or the scarier part that I had nothing, no clue about was, okay, well, how do I going to get all these people that have no idea who I am to trust me enough to pay me $150 a month to train them, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, one of the things that drives me crazy, if I'm being honest, when we talk about like the marketing side of things are so many gym owners relying only on word of mouth to grow their business, right? Yep. And it's like, word of mouth is great. Of course, we love it, right? Because the people come in, it's free. Usually it doesn't cost us anything to acquire these people. Right. 
they come in, they know what you provide. Typically they walk in, they're ready to go, right? They're, they've already heard from somebody else about what you do, how much it costs, yeah. everything, right? They're ready to go. But it's like, it only gets you so far, right? It's right. so limited. And if you're the best kept secret in town, it's not a good business model. No, that's terrible. <laughs> right? It's like yeah. people limit themselves so much with that in particular right. all the time. I hear that. Like, how do you market? How do you get the word out there about what it is that you do? Oh, we rely on word of mouth. And it's like, yeah, that's the like limitations. One, one that little placing. piece to the pie. The right. pie has all the other pieces that you got. It may be a big one. I, you know, referrals are very important, right. but that that's the, referrals are almost like the thing that works itself so exactly. you, you know the whole rest of the pie is things that you have to do as the owner and you you can't just leave it up to your members to you know because after a while they're just you're not their number one priority to no. you, you know they don't wake up and say how, how can i get max 10 members today right. they're not gonna they don't care right so. exactly yeah i mean and having a consistent reliable system in place to generate leads for the business, high quality leads for the business on a regular basis is typically the number one thing that people are missing within right. the gym, you know? And when you think about it, it's like all of these personal training courses that you go through, they don't teach you anything about marketing yourself or getting clients no, or no. scaling anything, you know? Um, and there are so many personal trainers that end up working at a corporately owned facility that then go on to open their own gyms. And they're used to these corporate facilities, just providing leads. Giving them. them people. Yeah. Right. So that kind of gives them the idea, like if you build it, they will come. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. And then once no, they get in that position, it's like, Oh shit. Now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the worst statement ever. Like yeah. people were telling me that when I first opened the gym, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, they will not come. <laughs> no. Nope. Didn't work. Um, so where are you directing most of your attention, your time, attention, energy in the business right now? Um, so I'm, it's like a fine balance that I'm trying to walk here. I'm slowly trying to like, coach less classes per week um actually well this is like a slower time of the year because a lot of people are on vacation stuff like that but um i've been uh trying to like spend more time doing things outside the gym so like i said we made this connection with the challenge which was awesome because she uh she has her own network uh the nutritionist so she blasted out an email and then i was able to get leads off of that and, you know, my people are going to be paying her for her nutrition services. So I'm starting to realize that, um, you know, if I can make these little business joint ventures, they go mm -hmm. a long way. Um, and then just getting out into the community. Um, this area is very good about having events. Um, and I used to just be like, I worked so many hours, like during the week, like last year. That I was like on the weekends, the last thing I wanted to do, like my day off was sit at some fair and like talk about my gym. Mm -hmm. So now that it kind of is like, you know, I'm not working as much. I can do those things and it, it's not ex as exhausting or I can have somebody else go there, which once you kind of catch that momentum, you know, in the beginning last year, it was like, 
if I got one lead a week, it was like a big deal. If somebody yeah. reached out, it was like, oh my God, they reached out to me. Now it kind of, you know, has legs and it's walking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it's never taking your foot off the pedal. Just keep figuring out new ways to get new people in. I mean, obviously you always have to provide a great service. So when I'm coaching, I try to be on it. Um, but I'm slowly trying to kind of transition myself. Um, I mean, I love coaching. I wish that I could just, just do that for like, you know, ever. But like I said, you have to work on the business and I'm starting to enjoy working on it more mm-hmm. um, and, you know, getting, talking to new people and trying to, you know, on the phone with leads and stuff like that. So that's kind of more of taking up more of my attention, you know, the last maybe two or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that that'll just grow. And then, you know, I'll get to a point. I always tell people, I'm like, my goal is to be the worst trainer at my gym. Although I hope everybody else is way better than me and they can just work and do classes and, um, you know, and then obviously um, I'm getting paid, but they're working. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you just keep growing and you find new people to add to the team and, uh, you know, piece them where they belong and, um, you know, just keep scaling it. But it's without a doubt, the hardest part about the business is very easy to get stuck in the trap and just work 60 hours and call it a week and then do it again and again and again yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. for sure and now what is the big picture goal like ideal scenario where would you like to either take your entrepreneurial career or where would you like to see these gyms what's your big picture goal so, uh, not for any specific reason, but I, I would love to have five of them. I think that's mm-hmm. like a cool number. Um, and I think it's, you know, not big enough that it's like, you know, y- you can still kind of keep, you know, a look, you know, an eye out for mm-hmm. everything. So I would love to have five within this area, maybe a little bit West or North or South Jersey a little bit, but, um, and then. I, my real like long-term thing is I want to start getting into real estate and like buying, you know, houses and then renting them out. And, you know, Airbnb is a big growing thing. And I would love mm-hmm. to have a couple of those in Florida. And I like the South. I like it. I'm not a big winter person. So Same. it'd be nice yeah. to have, yeah, some houses in some warm places. Um, and then, you know, having real estate and stuff like that is just a little bit um, I feel like easier to manage at least, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not, once you get somebody in the house, they stay a lot longer than a gym membership yeah. usually. So <laughs> you um, hope anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, my five or 10 year plan. I just keep growing the business, let it kind of run itself. And then I take my money and put it towards things that are, you know, going to accumulate some wealth, hopefully. Yeah. Absolutely. And what do you need to happen short term in order for you to take the, the steps in the right direction to get to where you want to be in the time frame that you want to make that happen? Um, so if you would have asked me this like six months ago, I would have probably just said like, I just need to get more people in, just more people, more people, more people. But I think my answer has changed. Um, I think it's more now about um, 
being able to hire people, um, you know, cause I still do like, you know, probably 80% of everything with the gym, especially on the back end, the back end, I almost do a hundred percent. But, um, so I think I'm kind of at the point where it's figuring out who I can hire. Like I have, uh, somebody that runs my Instagram and, uh, one of my goals is to, um, have him kind of be, you know, more in like a marketing position. And we've talked about it before and it's something that I definitely want to do. And I feel like that's, uh, you know, a missing piece to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I'd be paying him more cause he's doing more of, you know, more work, but I think taking that initial cut of, okay, I'm going to make a little bit less, but this is going to allow me to grow so much more. So I'm less worried about getting new people in. Cause I know that will just come and more about, okay, well, where, where am I going to put my pieces on like the chessboard to right. make the most, you know, the smartest long-term moves mm-hmm. um which that's kind of you know i'm reading books and i'm trying to educate myself to make sure that i minimize my mistakes mm-hmm. right which is super smart right because a lot of the time it's about timing right it's like what moves to make and then also the timing of those moves a lot of the time has a, a really huge impact on yeah. the business so sure. constant education within the industry is huge right and just it kind of always always learning and and knowing that you don't know everything right right it's like you don't know what you don't know right so if you can always be open to receiving information you know take what sticks leave what doesn't you know yep. but just constantly having an open mind willing to grow adapt um this industry is constantly evolving and it's something that you have to keep up with, you know, and if you can't keep up, then that's it. Yeah, you're right? out. And, yeah. yeah. And so it happens all the time, right? It happens all the time. And especially over the last two years, right? It's like any gyms that were on the edge didn't make it. Right. right? And even gyms that weren't on the edge didn't make it, you yeah. know, so about 40% closed. So it's huge you know to stay up on you know what's happening and staying open to learning more and adapting and growing and changing you know so so that you can stay afloat so exactly love that awesome all right so as we start to wrap up here where can the listeners find you on social media uh so we're on instagram at amped fitness nj so that's ampd fitness nj um we have a website ampfitnessnj.com um and then like i said we're located in brielle new jersey so if you have any listeners from that area come by check us out brielle is nice and small so you'll be able to find us real easy um and yeah that's it perfect all righty so max from amped fitness in brielle new jersey thank you so much for taking the time to join us today it's been great having you on the show awesome thank you Bray. Absolutely. So all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Jason from Heavy Hitters Boxing and Fitness out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island, New York. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to have you here and to learn more about heavy hitters, boxing, and fitness. But before we dive into any of that, give me a very brief backstory here, Jason. What was it that ultimately made you become a business owner of this fitness organization? Um, it was a little over 20 years ago. Uh, my cousin, Christian, was the original owner of heavy hitters. Um, we grew up boxing as kids. Um, so he opened up a little spot um, not far from where we are now. And uh, we were together. I was just one of the coaches. And uh, a couple, <clears throat> about five years later, I wound up taking over control of the gym. And uh, it's been a go since then. Nice. So um, now since you've been a, you know, business owner of heavy hitters, boxing and fitness, what I would like for you to do now is give us your elevator pitch. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide kind of paint a picture for us so that our listener really understands your business model as we move forward talking about your business. Well, where where we like to say that we're a traditional boxing gym, uh, which we are, we we service amateur and professional boxers, Um, but we're also a fitness gym where we, we, uh, we, we have to try to do the fitness side also um, with those classes. And we also do a lot of kids classes. Um, That's like, what I think, you know, that's what pays the bills. If you don't have classes uh, with kids, adults, teenagers, um, and the fitness part of it, uh, without that, th- there would be no gym. Yep. And I, I agree with you. And I'm very happy to hear you say that you have added that fitness element because there's many boxing gyms out there that are just working with the elite competitor style boxers and then they're like oh that's all we care about but it's kind of impossible to make money doing that um and it's impossible to help people and i don't know about you but that's why i'm in this business is like i want to help people like get healthy and so it's like you're doing that by offering the the kids and the adult general population side of things so props to you for making that decision for for the business um Okay. So how many classes are you offering? Like, is it one per day? Is it several per day? Like well, what is we, that we, like? We offer several. So okay. every night we have every evening, we have an adult class. Um, so that's Monday through Thursday. And we also do the, our junior Olympic programs, which are the kids, the different ages that we have split up. So we offer the kids classes three times a week each. And that's, um, for each age. So we have our peewees that are from five to seven, and that's three times a week. We have our juniors, which is from eight to 10, and that's three times a week also. And also the teenage class, which is the 10 to 17s, we do that three times a week. Um, so they not only, we have some of them that are really good, the young kids, they're also able to come to open gym. So yep. although they're, they're doing that class, during those classes, our gym is, is big enough where we allow open gym to go on at the same time. 
So a lot of them will stay after, keep working out. Um, so like I said, so though the three different programs have three different classes a week, okay? Um, the adult class is four times a week. And then our open gym's unlimited. You could just keep coming as much as you want. Okay. And there's like equipment and stuff like that. Like if somebody were was on the general side of things, just like yeah. come in and get it to work out. Like you have dumbbells yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, dumbbells. We have a universal area. We have um, uh, numerous bags. We have over 20, 20 different heavy bags at the gym. We have an area where they could stretch out, work out. We have an area with a big mat that that's part of the the gym area too, where, uh, for the classes, uh, oh. we have a ring. Um, so, I mean, the gyms, it's about 4,500 square feet. So it's, it, we definitely get use out of it. Yeah. That's a pretty big space for, for, you know, being a boxing facility. That's good. You have a lot of room to have some fun, uh, in there. Uh, okay. well, that's, the, that, that's the reason why we're able to do the classes and the open yeah. gym at the same time. We also yeah. host fights. We also host the fight, like real amateur fights. We okay. used to do it a lot more often, um, and we would get two, three hundred people there. Okay, wow. Yeah. So okay. this is a this is a nice space for a lot of different functionalities here. Um, okay, my next question for you, Jason, is let's talk about like the membership piece here. Um, you know, how many members would you say you guys have right now, um, and kind of categorize them so that we can understand, you know, how many of them are the kids and how many are going to be adult gotcha. how many are fighters. My wife would know more of that, but I'm going to, I'll tell you roughly. So we have, I would say we have about maybe 150 members okay. to 200 members. Um, I would say two thirds of that are the, ki- are the classes, the kids classes. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, and the other, and the other third would be our open gym boxers. Um, what else were you asking? So where do the, like, for the adult side of things, like the normal mm-hmm. fitness, the four times per week, you know, yeah. boxing fitness class, how mm-hmm. many people would you say fall into that category? That would be probably about 70. 70 people? Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's a, that's a pretty decent size, um, membership base, but let me ask you, you know, with 150 kind of total 150, 200 ish total members, mm-hmm. is that a place Jason, where you feel good and comfortable or are you in a position where you're like, Hey, I want to take on more members. I want to help more people. I definitely, we, we always want to take on more members because we have enough staff, enough coaches, and mm-hmm. we're able to do that. Um, my goal is to get our our girls class i think uh, we used to be the ladies fitness class that used to be crazy we would have 40 girls a night sometimes in there where it got too big um but like i <clears throat> i found with the girls class the, the ladies class that that was like a roller coaster you would get girls that would come they want to get their, their bring their wedding party and they come for a month and a half and then you keep two girls out of that out of the eight or nine girls um so, and they loved it. And then, you know, I, I have girls that have been with us for 15 years that, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of the same girls, but that class used to be, I mean, crazy. I just, there's a lot more options for, by us now with other gyms. So that's kind of watered down a little bit, but we, that's why we introduced it as an adult class. Now we let everybody do it. So it's a guys and girls class. And uh, I, that's, that's going to be the big focus for us in the next couple of months to try to make that even better. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, people are looking for something different. Like they might be a member at, you know, the big box gym that popped up on the, the down the street, but like for many people, that's really not enough. Like they get bored doing that. They go for 21 days. They're doing the same workout every single day. They get bored. And so people are looking for something like this, where it's like, all they have to do is show up and then you're going to take it from there. Um, and that's why a lot of people really like group fitness is because it takes away that element of, oh, I have to figure out what I'm going to do today. And they get to work out next to people, um, which can be motivating. Um, so there's definitely a lot of opportunity there to grow and expand. And that's exciting to hear that that's something that's on your radar. Um, what are you guys actively doing to kind of aid that growth process? Like find new members. Talk to me about what you guys do to find new uh, members. Um, you know, we, we don't go crazy with the advertising. You know, we have our Facebook and our Instagram and stuff. And we get, I mean, we have a lot of activity on there, which we're lucky with that. With that. We're in an area um, where we get a lot of traffic. So a lot of people stop by, you know, we have a lot of inquiries. My thing is with that is, is um, at this point, keeping the people because we had such a, a, a mainstay of that class being so good at one time that the hardest, the hardest thing is keeping people, like you said, after the 21 days or after, you know, their trial or after they do it for a month, um, keeping them coming. So the motivation part of keeping them you know, motivation lasts a little while. They have to make it a lifestyle. So that's the that's what we try to do. Um, it's hard, and like I said, that's a roller coaster ride up and down. So that's we we we're always looking for suggestions of trying to uh, make that better. Yeah, that's a really good part. point. That's a really good point. That's just as equally as important of finding new people. It's like, hey, once we have the people, like, how do we keep them? And I think in this industry, like retention, attrition, like those are all things that we're all kind of struggling with in our own unique ways. We could have yeah. the best time in the world and um, people are still going to want to leave. So um, I kind of look at it as, okay, well, what's going to help people stay? And typically if we're providing a lot of value to these people, they're going to want to stay. The more value that we can provide, the more resources we can provide for them to be successful, the longer they're going to want to stay because it results sell. Ultimately, if somebody's seeing a result in your program, they're going to look at themselves in the mirror and feel really freaking good. And they're not going to want to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of look at it as like what ties into success in the fitness industry. And it's more than just the workouts. Usually we have to look at, okay, well, like, what does their nutrition look like? Are they accountable? So like, do you guys offer, you know, nutrition services, accountability coaching, things like that on top of your membership that people can utilize if they need that extra support? We, I'd love to get to have somebody doing that. It's hard to find people these days doing, you know, I, I put it out there, you know, uh, you know, the nutritionist, people don't want to pay extra for stuff like that a lot of times. Um, and, and to get somebody to do that, you know, it's, it's kind of hard because they're starting from scratch. A lot of people don't want to start from scratch. Like I'll give you an example. Like we were talking about doing morning classes before. Um, a lot of people that, you know, to build that clientele to do a morning class, you know, if you get a trainer, they're like, you're like, how do I incorporate them into that where I'm paying them at the same time? Um, so a lot of people, are a little, they're impatient. They think they're going to make a lot of money at the beginning. And in the reality of it, it takes a little while to build up the clientele to be able to pay them that because you can't just grab a train. It's okay. You know, I'm paying you 
X amount of money and there's nobody in those classes for that morning spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. That's really, really tricky. Um, it's tough. There's a, you know, a lot of different ways that we can like look at this, but I mean, t- t- it's hard. Like, I feel like, especially in today's industry, like people like trainers, like they want to make a career out of it. And so like, what can we do as business owners to present that opportunity to them? And so we have to make sure that we have, you know, leads coming in. We have to make sure our retention is really good. We know how to sell people so that they have that opportunity to make a bunch of money. Because if we don't have clients, our trainers can't make money. Um, exactly. And okay. I, my trainers do well. I, let me just, so like I told you, we're only open four or five hours a day. And most of my trainers have like, other, like I have a, one as a teacher. Um, some of my regular trainers trained me as a kid. So that's how long we've been together. Um, so, you know, like I said, they do well, especially with the personal training. I mean, these guys, they're kicking butt doing personal. I mean, they're, they're hustling. So they do really well with the personal training here also. Yeah. And with the personal training set of things, like, do you feed them the clients or are they going to find their own clients? Both. Both. Okay. They, I, I allow my trainers to train anybody at the gym, you know, any class, like a lot of them do a lot of my teenagers. Mm-hmm. I have one, one trainer in particular that does a lot of my, my older clients. Okay. Um, and I have another trainer. He does a lot of the, the, the kids, but there's plenty of people that are looking to do the personal training there. Okay. Um, and how does, the, always, how does the business make money from that? I'm, I know you're going to, you're going to yell at me cause I'm a little too nice. So, um, what I do with my personal training is with my trainers is as long as the person's uh, part of the gym, a member of the gym, you have to be a member of the gym to do personal training. Um, I let my trainers keep all of their personal training money. I don't take any money from them. Okay. Um, so whatever they charge, they charge and uh, they do well. I, I find it keeps them happier and it keeps them more motivated to do that. And I look at it as I have the person, they're a member of the gym paying a personal, you know, paying a membership for the gym. So it's kind of a win-win situation. Um, I, you know, I, I, maybe I should be tra- charging them a little bit because I know all of the gyms do, but at this point I don't do that to them. Yeah, no. And I think like we all start somewhere, right? And so like you said, you find that it makes your trainers happy, like doing it that way. And you're still getting like what, how much is a membership to the gym? Our membership is one fifty nine a month. Okay, so so you're still getting the hundred and fifty nine dollars, right? Yes, yeah. you're and still making money. It's not you. You know, you made it sound like it was really bad, but no, you're but still I, I making. Mean, I have I have friends, other friends that own gyms, and they all tell me you're crazy. You have to take you know thirty percent of their personal training money, and I don't feel that way because I feel that if I'm getting a membership out of it, that if what if the person wasn't doing a personal training, I'd still have the member there. So why not have my, my coaches make money on the side on, on their own doing it also, you know? Yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it's win-win, but other, you know, yeah. you know I know other people's models out in Long, Long Island in New York, their models 30 to 40% they take off the top, but I, I won't do that. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I think what you're doing is okay now. Um, I've heard like people, and the reason why I like this is because I've heard people like have like a really low rent, like their trainer only has to pay them $300 a month in rent. And like with that, like this person could have like 40 clients and you're only making $300. Right. And so it's better that you're doing it that way. That way, like as they increase their clientele, your money that you're making is still increasing. 
Um, and so that's really, really good. Um, do you, are your members, are your memberships like contracted? Like, are they stuck for a certain period of time? Like, do they have to give you a cancellation notice? How does that work? Yeah. So we're, we're pretty good with, we're pretty nice with everybody. I, I, I'm, you know, what it is, I paid a lot for my things for my daughter in the past and still going on today, like her soccer, she goes to private school. So I know how hard it is to, to, to pay like a contract, let's say we don't do contracts. I don't lock anybody into contracts. We're month to month. Um, what we do is, um, we, we build them every month. So let's say you're doing the 15th, everybody's a different date. We don't prorate. So every day, you know, like, let's say you came on the 17th, that's your due date once you sign up. So on the 17th, the next 17th will you, your credit card will get run. But if you want to cancel, you have to give us 10 days notice prior to that. 10 days. So that's, that's pretty nice. That's I a know. And we, that's another, we're not, we don't, we don't charge a cancellation fee. Um, we have a lot of people that'll stop because their kids, let's say are playing another sport for a while. We don't charge them a registration fee again. Once, once you're, you're, you have your registration fee, which is only 25 bucks, that's it. You're there for life. So you can come back three years from now and just sign up again. Wow. Okay. So this is a pretty good deal then. Uh, it's a good deal not for me. It's a good deal for everybody else, but we, you know, it is, it, it's, we, we, right now, I'll be honest with you over the last two years, the gym has done really well. Um, I think the more, if I would know now what I know, I mean, we're over 20 years. I think I could have been a millionaire doing the gym alone, but we, we, we've learned was being organized is big. Um, and having people, you know, I don't like cash to be honest with you. I know cash is king, you know, people want cash, but to be honest with you, when, when, when people you, when you charge your credit card every, every month, it's easier that you know that that money's coming through. Yeah. Um, we don't do that. You know, everybody, everybody has to have a credit card on file. So if you want to pay cash, you still can. But at the end of the day, I think it's, it, it's more, it's safer to have a credit card on file and then it gets run every month. You know, I, I would agree. I think like we call that East, uh, ECH. And I think that that's like, better right we want to make sure that like you have that guaranteed reoccurring revenue every month mm -hmm. um, and if you don't like that's when things like projecting our revenue and things get really really tricky we don't know how much money we're making every month if we don't have those kind of automatic payments set up um but before we kind of run out of time here I want to ask you Jason you know what is the next big goal that you're chasing like for the business and what do you have to focus on to make that happen? Well, we, we I bet it's funny because we've been thinking about that for the last couple of weeks. Um, although the gym's doing good, my focus is to try to get it going early mornings. I want to get more classes early mornings um, and to get more equipment. We have, although we have a lot of equipment, people walk into the gym, they want to see nice equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's a big thing for us because a lot of boxing gyms are pretty much basic boxing gyms. Um, like I said, although we have equipment, I want to reach out and get a lot better equipment, you know? Um, yeah. so those are the two, those are two big things for, for me right now. Yeah. So just kind of focusing on, you know, making what you have even better and increasing that. And then like get the gym, get some more revenue flowing in. So it's like, Hey, we can upgrade this. We can add this piece of equipment, just like make all those nice 
um, fancy like kind of bell and whistle whistle transitions that are going to make our members happy and feel good, right? Yeah, you know, another thing that we have that I have already, I just have to to put it in play. We have this thing called, I don't know if you've ever heard my zone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have my zone. I've had it for six months. Okay. And I have, I have the TV. It's all set up for it already. I just have to implement it. You know, that's a, that's a big thing too. A lot of people, they, they see that they're like, wow, that's another thing that this gym offers. They can see my heart rate, you know, how many calories I'm burning on TV at the same time. So that's another thing that, you know, just have to get around and do it. Yeah, for sure. Like we offer my zone and with the general population, that's really cool. It's just an extra thing that you can be like, Hey, like, I know it's your goal to, you know, lose 10 pounds. Well, you should, you know, utilize this heart rate monitor and yeah. tell you what zone you're working out in. It's going to help you get to that fat loss goal sooner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a really, really cool tactic. And, um, you know, people like fancy little things like that, even if it costs $170, like they're, yeah. they're going to be happy because it's like a cool little piece of tech that your gym is offering. Um, so I really, really like that. And I'm excited to see you really grow and enhance what you have, what you already have that's going. That's really, really well. Um, where can our listeners go, Jason, to find out more about what you have to offer within your facility? They could check out um, our website. It's uh, heavyhittersboxing.com. Okay. Um, also, we will we, we, really get to see a lot of um, things that are up to date and, you know, up to the minute is our Instagram, heavyhittersboxing.com. Uh, heavy hitters boxing. Um, and that we we're constantly put, you know, posting, you know, the kids classes, um, pictures and videos. So that's a good spot to go to also. Okay. Easy enough. Just go check it out guys. Uh, heavy hitters boxing and fitness. Jason, thank you for being here. Listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget if you want to stay notified about future episodes, go ahead and hit like, and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon as always until next time, gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Mina with Dynasty Gym Burnaby. Sorry. <laughs> out of British Columbia. Uh, Mina, what's going on? How are you feeling today? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, I'm feeling great. Happy to be here. I'm excited to chat and talk about my favorite thing. 
There we go. There we go. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, I think we're ready to dive into that nitty gritty of what you have going on here with Dynasty Gym. But first, we want to go ahead and give you the floor and go ahead and give the viewers a little perspective, right? So in your words, Mina, how would you describe Dynasty Gym Burnaby and what you guys do? Well, uh, Dynasty Gym Burnaby is a very small, tight-knit community, I would say. We are predominantly a CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting gym, and we offer open gym facilities and personal training. But at the heart of it is really our members. We're in, it's a group-led class most of the time. We've got a great team of coaches. It's not your typical like global gym where they come in, where people come in and like put in their headphones and do their own thing. This is like, it's a community. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think that's so big, right? I think you want to make it that, that third home, right? Where you have work, your house, and then, you know, the gym that you go to. And I think that's important. Um, and having that community is definitely going to bring that feel. And so uh, going to dive right into the basics here. I mean, how many members are you serving currently, Mina? Uh, currently, we're about under 150 right now. We, at the end of last year, we were closer to 200. Uh, we're only in our third year of operation. So we opened in August 2019. And eight months into it, COVID happened. So we were quite new in the, in the industry. Um, my two business partners, they are the original owners of the first dynasty in downtown Vancouver. And we partnered up to open this one in Burnaby, um, which I was, I am the, the chief operating officer. So I was doing all the things from the start and then COVID hit and we're like, oh, it was quite, it was quite uh, an endeavor for us. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the transparency there. I think that I think that's a that's a big point, right? I think a lot of people had to kind of recover from the COVID and, and really bounce back, right? And still to this day are still either in, in that that um transitional stage of growth or or just that bounce back um stage of, of trying to scale back to where they once were. And so um I guess that kind of leads to my next question here. You know, I mean you're at that 150 mark here, right? I mean, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all of these things are unlimited here. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, how much higher could you go? We could probably go about 100 more members. That would be our ideal. I remember when we first started, we had a number. We we're like, okay, for us to be sustaining all of our overhead and being in a comfortable place, we had a number of members, like 120. We're like, okay, this is going to work for us based on our overhead. And then just from there, we kept growing. Um and you really want to think about because our setup is class led. So we, it's an hour session with a coach on deck with X amount of people. Like you want to think of how many more classes can I, can I put into the gym? Do I have enough manpower for it? Um, how am I going to like encourage like some interest? We're lucky because our location is very, very visible in North Burnaby. Like we're on a main intersection corner. We've got signage on both sides. So like we get a lot of just foot traffic, walk-ins, people driving by, um, coming into the city and going out of the city. Um, to be honest, the first year and a, actually the first couple of years, we didn't really do much marketing. It was a lot of just us being visible on the street and word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's mostly how people start off regardless. Right. And I think, 
uh, obviously there's, there's room for growth. I think there's always so many things that you can do in order to get people through the door. And again, it brings me to my next question here too. I mean, you know, what does work for you guys? I mean, what brings people through the door? What brings interest what works well? Well, I think just us being visible is the first step, but really what brings people in the most is the word of mouth. It's just the reputation and like the experience that we give to people the moment they walk into the door. Like we want to make sure that, like I've always said, we wanted to create a space that was a safe space. It was welcoming. It's positive. It's like friendly. You don't want to come into an area where like you don't talk to anybody and the turnover is so quick, much quicker that way when you don't really make any true human connections. So I think that's been our biggest factor of success is like people come in and they find this like very bright environment wherein like they get to chat with people, they get to go into a class and like do these difficult movements together. And it's kind of like a combination of an individual sport and a, and a team sport. And with COVID um, restricting everybody from being connected into a group, I think that's what really brought uh, a lot of interest because nobody else, they couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. They couldn't get that social connection. And that's been our biggest, I think, selling point If without really having to sell it. It's just like people understand like, oh, I actually, it's like recess for, for adults. You know, they get to come mm-hmm. to the playground and they get to interact with people and get their fitness in and work on their goals and learn new skills. So I think I, it may not sound very businessy, but if you ask everybody in our, on our team and in the community, that's the biggest thing that keeps people coming in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's huge. I think people, a lot of, a lot of gym owners overlook that. And I think when you can make that a pivotal aspect or you can transition, make that an, an asset to your gym and not just an idea or not just a concept that that's overlooked. I think that's what brings a lot of dividends. Right. And I think a lot of people will stay longer, right. If you can increase that lifetime value of a client, you know, six months, a year, two years because of their buddy staying, I think, why would you not? So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, now, you know, with that 150 or so members you're at now, I mean, how do you manage that? How do you track that? I know you have a few partners in the back end with you, but, how do you track any of that? I mean, it, it, it's, I know anything over a hundred is a lot to manage. So how do you manage that? Well, we do have a platform that we use. So a lot of, I don't know if you've interviewed any other like CrossFit gyms, but we do have a platform. There's different platforms that you can use. You can use Zen Planner, you can use Wattify. Think, things that are kind of fine-tuned to serve the CrossFit kind of gym model a little better. So all of our all of our transactions, our scheduling, our programming, uh, our billing, uh, our waivers are through that platform, and it's um, it's easy to create like reports and saying, okay, how many are uh, how many members do we have currently? What packages? What kind of memberships are they on? How many personal training clients do we have? That's like the numbers side of it. Now, in terms of like how to keep track of the actual members. Um, that's where a good team comes in, right? Like we have two different avenues. It's very different from a global gym wherein, you know, it's membership, come in, use the gym, pay your dues, you're out. Maybe get a personal trainer, pay your sessions, you're out. With us, because 
80% of the of the classes or revenue comes from um, a coach-led group session, group sessions. We have the CrossFit Avenue and we have the Olympic weightlifting program. So I handle the CrossFit program and my partners handle the Olympic weightlifting program. And so you really have to have a pulse on who's coming to classes. Like you have to have that personal um, connection with them because that's, that's how we keep track. We know what they do for work. They, we know like when they're going on vacation, we know their injuries, their mobility concerns, their struggles. Like you really have to get to know them on a personal level. And that, that creates like this loyalty to the gym as a whole when you connect that way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that that's, again, such a big asset when you can actually make it an emphasis. And so now going to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, Mina, but it's a good question in itself. So, um, you know, we've been discussing this entire podcast and I think our, the three biggest uh, pillars of business we use most predominantly in the fitness and gym industry are going to be number one, your lead generation, right? Which is just your marketing. Number two, your acquisition, which is your sales. And then number three, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Mm -hmm. So of those three, Mina, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, what was the number one one? The first one? Uh, lead generation, which is your marketing, getting people through the door. I think the lead generation is something that we could improve. Um, as I said, we haven't been really focusing a lot of our attention on like active marketing. Like we do, we do a lot of social media marketing, like for special promos and things like that. But I think we're so early in the game and because we're a second location, we've relied a lot on the reputation of the name Dynasty Gym. Like we, we've created a name for ourselves based on that. So when people, who come into Vancouver in the BC area, they want to do Olympic weightlifting or they want a CrossFit gym with Olympic weightlifting. That's going to be, they'll Google that and dynasty will come up. So I think maybe more active lead generation for us for Burnaby is something that we could improve on. Um, in terms of retention, again, that personal factor, good programming, great team, great coaches. I think we're good. Uh, our retain, like, the the thing about us is because the three of us like the three who opened uh, we had been coaching in the lower mainland area for about a decade in several gyms so we've each kind of created an a hefty like network in different gyms and so because of uh, our work ethic and like just how we how we coach and the wealth of knowledge that we all share together like people they they come to us and they trust us and they know that they're going to get a, a valuable service they're going to learn right so i think in like keeping our clients keeping our members this like we're okay there but generating new interest like right now after covid there's so many new little gyms that are popping up because things are coming back right so I think it's, I think that's more of where the competition and where improvement could be made. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency with the response. I think that's great that you still, regardless of success, know that you can still improve in certain places. I think that's awesome. And so 
last two questions for you here, Mina, my two favorite questions. Mm-hmm. What's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Oh, what a great, what a great question. Um, well, I'll give you a lot, like long story short, personally, like I moved back to Canada as an adult in 2016. I moved back in t- to Toronto. I was in the Philippines for a couple of decades. So I remember when I moved back to Toronto, my first job was at Lululemon there. And I wrote on the back wall, because we had these BHAGs, these big, hairy, audacious goals. And I said, I'm going to open up a gym, a CrossFit gym in BC with a strong adaptive program. And I moved to BC 2017. And I worked in three different gyms. I was coaching 35 classes in a week and working full time in Lululemon. Um, so, like, I had to hustle because my big dream was to create my my own gym, right? Which I was so privileged and so like lucky to partner up with Richard and Patrick. They gave me this opportunity, um, and it, it's been such a learning experience. Um, but I think bigger picture for me would be uh, creating something a little bit more um, in alignment with my my core values and what I want to see in terms of classes and service and wellness and fitness. So a little bit more of a holistic um, kind of pathway where in and a little bit more autonomy, like being in a, in business with other people. Like you have to make sure that you're in business with people that have share the same business ethics, the same work ethic, um, the same like purpose. If it's just to make money, cool. But if that's not your, if that's not your purpose, then you'll come into like, you'll come into some friction with your, with your business partners. So I would say something that's more in alignment with, you know, what I want to do in terms of service and fitness, still doing the same thing, helping people move better, helping people feel empowered uh, with their with their bodies and their health and their overall, overall wellness. I think that's the bigger picture for me. I love that. I love that. And, and I think that's a great story too. I think it's, it's really goes to show like, I mean, when you can put your mind to it, you're going to get there, right? And I think that's, that's as simple as it might sound. It's the truth. Um, and so one last question for you, my favorite question today. You know, Mina, if you can go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear, what would that advice be for you? Oh, man. Um, I would say, I. that's a great question, JJ. I love this question. I had such a big learning curve and I had so many doubts about my capacity and like several other people had approached me before this to open up a gym and I I had a certain idea of who I wanted to partner up with I wanted somebody that was already in the industry right who already know knew the ins and outs of the business side of it because 
in the kingdom, as we call it, like inside of the kingdom, I could take you to the kingdom. But everything outside in the war, which I'm <laughs> in the battlefield, I, I wasn't so, you know, aware of, right? But I think if I could go back with what I knew now, um, I would say if you're going into something with a partner, have very clear roles and expectations um, of what the business is gonna look like, numbers wise, shares wise, voting, voting wise, equity wise, um, have a very clear um, understanding of what your focus is, what your product is, what your service is, right? Um, make sure you're going into, into a business with someone who's really in alignment, has the same vision as you. Otherwise it's like, you're gonna have um, two different, yeah, exactly. Which is great. I mean, it was a, it's great because you'll, you'll learn from each other, but it also creates a lot of um, friction, right? So I would say understand, have clear expectations, have everything in writing. Um, and also just like, know that you're going to have to work. Like owning a business is a lot of work. So you have to have a very strong work ethic. There is like, you're going to be working all day, every day, 24 seven. And that's really for the first, I'd say year and a half, it's, it's just going to consume you. So you, you got to like really understand that you got to make things where you have to be very detail oriented. Everything matters. I love that. I love that. That is a mic drop of an answer there. Like it's a good place to wrap up on the in this episode. But before we sign out, Mina, I mean, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Well, if you want to learn more about Dynasty Gym, you can check out our uh, website at uh, dynastygym.com. And um, we also have our Instagram handles, uh, Dynasty Gym Burnaby and Dynasty Gym. Uh, and if you want to look for me, my you can find me on Instagram, mina.kalupitan or Coach Mina Kalupitan. Um, and it would be great to connect. There we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. Just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? Amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Yep. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.